It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, I am the host with the most. Yes, I am Brandon Turner, and you're listening not just to the best, but the greatest independent wrestling podcast going today. You're listening to King of Wrestling Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find us on Google Podcasts. We're even on Pandora and all podcast platforms, so make sure you check us out. Like us on Facebook, King of Wrestling Podcast, Twitter's KOWP Show. And can we say this? Mr. Mike Britt's here with me. Because we're fixing to interview Toby Farley. What's up, B? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, oh. interview Toby. Now, I know we released this on the Indie Table yesterday. Because this is a bonus episode. You're going to get a couple of bonus episodes this month. But for people that didn't listen to Indie Table or AEW's live show, Mike, you do the honors, my friend. Tell them who's going to be on a week from today. Oh, man, really excited about this. A big fan. We got a legend. We got an icon. I mean, this man has been in the ring with a who's who of, of uh, professional wrestlers from Coco Beware to Jerry the King Luller. And I'm talking about none other than the original superstar, superstar Bill Dundee. Bill Dundee is going to come on here. And, I mean, we had a good chat with him. It was fun. He talked about bitch slapping Joey Janela. Talked about some USA Championship wrestling. Talked about Miss, uh, the Memphis Territories. He even talked about kayfabe. He talked about all kinds of stuff, and we're going to get to that. Give our listeners a little bit of insight on Toby, because we're fixing to come up with him, and we got a good episode. This one's about, I'd say this is almost going to be an hour long, Mike. Yeah, this is going to be a good one right here. This is the, uh, Toby has uh, got a background in jiu-jitsu, and he is the current USA Championship heavyweight champion. It's, it's so, going to be a good one. And Mike, I, I appreciate you coming on here, man. What, what do you think of Indy Table so far, man? I mean, is, is, is it off the charts or what? Man, it's off the chain, man. I enjoy it. I look forward to doing it every week, and I look look forward to listening to it, man. We just have all kind of guests on. We talk. We always pick a very. Uh, uh, I want to say sensitive subject. We always pick a very good subject that we discuss. It's great, man. I'm enjoying it. I'm just looking forward to the future with uh, with Indie Table. And if you hadn't checked out Indie Table, you don't know what you're missing. Go check it out. 
It, it, we, we had an episode drop yesterday. We've got three of them up. All three of them are fantastic, so make sure you go check them out. Well, right now, without further ado, well, well before we get to that, I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is a bonus episode, so there is no ending. We won't be back, so you'll hear the last words you hear, probably me saying, thank you, Toby, for coming on. And he'll probably say, yes, sir, or whatever. So that's probably what you're going to hear last. But don't forget, coming up this Tuesday, we've got Alex Zane. What do you think about that? So, oh yeah. Without further ado, let's get to Mr. Toby Farley. We'll see you on Tuesday. We're doing pretty good, man. Let me ask you something though. Since we're going to get started in this, because you're a pretty cool cat, how did you get into wrestling? What got you into it, and how did you end up in the wrestling business? Oh well, essentially, man. Uh, my mom used to uh, take me to a bunch of local shows, and. Um, there was actually a wrestler named uh, Jeff Bissell that was uh, friends with my mom, and they worked at the uh, same job, and he was kind of the one that uh, told her she should uh, bring me out to uh, some of the local shows, and uh, I was probably about nine or ten back then, but uh, I want to say... Um, when I was about 14 is when they kind of like started letting me uh, uh, help with the ring and put chairs and whatnot. And uh, the uh, weekend that I turned 15, I got there at uh, 2 p.m. and it's over here in my hometown of Cookville. And they told me I could just come in and help set up if I wanted to. And I'd say probably around five, they asked me if. Uh, if I wanted to get in the ring, and I kind of got to walk around in the ring before another local show, but uh, never got to take any bumps or run the ropes or anything like that. So they uh, they asked me if I'd uh, had any interest in training, and I'd only turned 15. So you know, nowadays it, it's uh, it's definitely a lot more accepted at a uh, very young age, but and it was. Still accepted then, but at the same time, it was still kind of taboo almost because um, you didn't see back, back, back in two thousand and three. You didn't see uh, as many young kids. There were still kids like me running around out there, but it wasn't as bad, you know. And uh, they brought out a uh, guy named Xander Blaze, which is my uh, first trainer I had, and he. Uh, had me take a couple bumps, run the ropes, and they told me if I wanted to, I could come out on Sunday and start training with them. And told me the fee was going to be five hundred down, and then payments of uh, uh, three hundred dollars more total for a total of eight hundred, and uh, I could start training. So at this time, you said you were about fifteen years old. You said. Yeah, I literally just turned 15 um, that weekend, and uh, uh, the very next week I was uh, I was training. So, well, let me ask you this: Now, I, I take it that you were a wrestling fan growing up. Did you watch it on TV as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, so my uh, my mom and dad they were divorced. Uh, they divorced when I was five, and uh, 
my mom was a huge fan and my dad it was just not good you know you <laughs> didn't want him on in the house but you know i could still watch it but um you know if he saw me kind of like jumping around the trampoline with a pillow or something like that you know he'd tell me to cut that stuff out so uh he, uh, he just went big on it but um so i was still able to watch it though and um basically uh i'd say uh Mick Foley, uh, when I was younger, is the one that um, really inspired me to be a wrestler. Um, specifically, the uh, the Hell in a Cell match where he got tossed off. It's real famous. Mm-hmm. Um, that just—I uh, remember being a kid, and it just—it uh, just gave me chills and made me want to be a professional wrestler. Um, now, when I get when I got older, though. Um, a few years later, I, I was uh, very much into uh, Shawn Michaels, which is my favorite work of all time now. And um, I always uh, watch a lot of Japanese wrestling, English wrestling, um, guys like William Regal, Fit Family, Dave Taylor. Um, back when I was breaking in, I was buying a lot of uh, a lot of uh, VHS tapes off of. Uh, Hotspots.com. So I'd watch a lot of the uh, the uh, deathmatch stuff from FMW. Uh, I watched a lot of that stuff. Um, uh, really, anything that was Japanese wrestling, though, man. That was my biggest thing. I loved Japanese wrestling even when I was little, man. I, we used to do a thing, which you're probably too young, maybe a close tape trading, which was <laughs> it was awesome. I got all the FMW stuff. I got all the New Japan and All Japan wrestling product through that and man fmw if you ever go back and watch some of that stuff man it they literally killed themselves that's how bad it was oh it was uh it was the craziest shit you ever seen man um jesus man onita <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean dude they, they came out with some just extremely creative but insane insane stuff oh there was like this one time i was watching it and they had like chairs inside the ring just at every ring post and they set up these like i don't know if it was like explosives or whatever it was and they just power bomb themselves on it. boom it'd blow up i was like and barbed wire and it was just i mean it was crazy it was unreal though yeah those uh, those c4 matches man they're nuts yeah. uh you know i, I did uh when I was starting out in wrestling, I wanted to do uh, death matches a lot. And uh, the promoter and uh, my trainers, um, Xander Blaze and uh, Mike Promo, they they would uh, they tell me all the time, don't do that stuff. You know, I mean, it's every, every so often you can whatever, but don't make it a habit. That stuff is gonna it's gonna kill you, and you'll get uh you get a lot more respect from the boys too if you if you wrestle. And uh, at the time, I was stubborn, didn't really listen. And um, what I what I learned though, after doing them for a few years, is that your body can only do that for so long. Um, not the mention man, I was doing it wrong. Um, you know, if you if you watch a lot of those matches, as gory as they are, um, usually if they do like a ten minute match or something like that, you know, it's um, you know one of them takes a big fall, the other one takes a big fall, and then they uh, take a big bump on the finish. When I was younger. I didn't really uh, understand that. I was just 
doing five and six big, big bumps in a, in a match and uh, killing myself because I didn't know how to construct that. But uh, it's, I mean, Sigmund Mondo was, uh, was one of my favorite workers when I was younger. And, uh, you know, if you look at everything he did, it's incredible because he did it within four years. He only had a four-year career, but he did all this insane stuff within four years. But at the same time, you know, his legacy is going to be based over four years, and he could have had, you know, 15, 20-year career if he wanted to. Exactly. I agree. I mean, that's well, like you can even look. Necro Butcher. Remember him? He's... Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dylan. Yeah. All right, Mike, what's yeah, he's, uh, he's oh. incredible. Yeah, he is. Well, you could even see the effects it's had on Mick Foley, too, man. When he makes appearances on Raw and stuff, it, it's taken a tremendous toll on him. You know, the guy should be dead for some of the stuff he's done, though. It's just crazy. Well, I mean, they, they can even, uh, you know, if you go back and watch Beyond the Mat, his, uh, his wife is asking him after the uh, after the match with The Rock, she's asking him uh, about Disneyland. And, uh, you know, the doctors didn't understand what she was doing, and they kind of ask uh ask another question or whatever and she says no 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 i was just checking his memory <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and then back in uh 2011 when uh, when i was training with dutch mantel he had a ton of mick foley stories so all good but uh you know the, the guy has definitely put his his mind through some really bad things you know he, I mean, he really has. Now, you brought up a brilliant name in the business, Dutch Mantell. Let me ask you about Dutch. He's probably got one of the greatest minds of the business. What was it like being around Dutch? Uh, it's incredible, man. Um, the the big thing I took away from uh, from training with Dutch is I had always been told to ask yourself why you're doing something. But um, that was pretty well everything that Dutch focused on because you know I'd already been wrestling since 2003 so when I when I found Dutch in 2011 um you know I didn't need moves or any of that I needed to um really polish up on my psychology and I really needed to learn how to properly promote myself and uh learn how to do the negotiations and all that stuff that comes along with bookings and uh just being able to uh being able to listen to him talk about why you do this and why you do that in a match and also why you do this and do that with a promoter uh when it comes to uh negotiating and things that's worked for him in matches and it's it's incredible man because there's so much with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Almost there. And uh, I can't say enough nice things about Dutch because he is truly one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot, a lot of those guys when you meet them that's 
been there and done that, you know, the majority of them will ultimately let you down and be assholes. And uh, I don't know how Dutch would have been um, had I not trained with him, but I got an idea that he probably would have been exactly the same because he just was a really giving and caring guy. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough nice things about him. That's uh, that's a rare thing to find in the professional wrestling world, I would imagine. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, he always impressed me, man. Uh, Dirty Dutch Mantel, him and like Bill Dundee, to be little guys but carry this huge aura about them, you know. And uh, Dutch Mantel, who's such a good speaker on the mic too, man. And his psychology, his intensity, you know. Like I said, he wasn't a real big man, but then he would he could intimidate you with his words and his look. And I'm sure you soaked up a lot of knowledge from him. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, um, that's really where I started not paying attention to the spots anymore. I didn't think like, oh, I got to do this tackle, drop down, leapfrog, whatever. I started looking at it as, you know, when, I, when I've got this guy down after I've, after I've won the match, I started looking at it as where's the camera at? Um, why, why have I been, circling the ring over there when I should have been standing above him with the camera on me. You know, little, little things like that. That It's not so much that I didn't know it before. It was just, it, it, that's what was hammered into me when I was training there. So the little bitty things that make you a superstar, that's, that's really what he focused on. Um, I, I try to tell guys all the time that, you know, if you watch the uh, intro to Raw and SmackDown, you know, you'll, you'll see a few moves on there. But for the most part, it's guys like Randy Orton and those guys, Cena, doing some kind of pose, finding the camera and, and you know, hitting that pose after you've hit the move. That's that's huge. It's not the 450s and Phoenix Splashes and all that. It's, it's knowing how to work is so much more than that. It's it's knowing where your camera's at at all times. And uh, he was always big on, like, standing above your opponent because it showed dominance. It it, it proved the point, you know, made a point. Um, that, that's a lot of the stuff I took away from uh, my time there was don't focus on all the spots. Focus on the camera work and and uh, that stuff and how to really get over as uh, with your mannerisms and stuff like that. And it really takes a seasoned veteran, somebody to point that out to you, because stuff like that, you just, you're not thinking about, like you said, you're just thinking about getting in there, working a good match or spots and everything like that. Um, me and Brandon talk a lot about good storytelling, you know, and sometimes I think that's what wrestling is missing. I mean, I love a lot of the high spots and you can't compare wrestling today the way it was in the eighties, but to me, the eighties and the nineties had great characters and great storytelling. You know, and that's what, you know, I think all of us, even if you're in the business or whatever, you know, you're a fan at heart. And something that invests me is just good storytelling, whether it's in the ring or outside the ring. And the culmination is the match. You know, and that's that's something I really enjoy, you know, about about wrestling. Well, see, my thing is when it comes to, you know, you're talking about that, Mike, and storytelling and stuff is a lot of these guys don't realize. Now, I'm, I've gotten, I tell Mike this all the time, I've got nothing against the spot calling and doing all these spot fests. I have nothing against it. You can have fun doing that. But I like a good story in the ring. You really don't have to do that much inside that ring to tell a story and to have the crowd invested in you without putting your body through uh, all the hell you do. 
You know what I mean? No, absolutely. It, w- w- what's funny is that if, if you watch, uh, if you watch guys sometimes in the back, you know, they, they give them on, uh, give them on TV, they'll give them like five or six minutes a lot of times, you know, or less sometimes. Um, but usually four to five and you watch guys like <laughs> call 15 to 20 minutes worth of material and say, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you don't have that kind of time. Like, I'm not saying you got to work the crowd, but what I'm saying is, I mean, you, you do need to work the crowd, but what I'm saying is like, there's a camera out there that, you know, you might have a hundred or 200 or 300 people in the crowd or whatever, whatever it is, but there's thousands of people through the camera that you're trying to entertain and with the 15 to 20 minutes of material you just called at no point did you give yourself time to look into the camera and get heat on that baby Mm. you know it's um you know it i like a i like a mixture of it call enough to where you can feel satisfied and you know, give the fans their money's worth, but also leave enough time to to kind of, you know, if you want to throw something random out there or whatever, you can do that. Find a happy medium with it. Some guys, man, they call so much that you literally don't have time to throw a punch or anything because you're already going into the next sequence. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Well, let me ask you this. This is kind of off subject a little bit, but I want to ask you this. Can you can you tell the listeners a little bit about your jiu-jitsu background? Yeah, absolutely. So I found uh, professional wrestling when I was 15, but when I was 16, I found uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I did it for a little over eight years consistently. And then uh, after that, it was just on and off. Um, you know, it's, it's so hard to do with wrestling because – one, the schedule, if you're, if you're trying to, you know, wrestle more than once a week or whatever, it's very, very hard. And um, from 16 to 19, um, I was doing, um, man, every Thursday through Sunday, I was booked. Um, so uh, with, uh, with the occasional Wednesdays that were thrown in there, too. So I had a lot of bookings then. But, uh, so when I, when I was 16, though, I found Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and uh, I started doing that. I, I still train on and off. Um, earlier this year, I got back into it really heavy and um, was uh, getting ready for a uh, for a tournament down in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, called Grappling Games. And they go all over the country, and they uh, they actually go out of the country, too, as well, I believe. And uh, But I just kind of got a at the itch of wanting to go compete one more time, you know, and so I took, uh, <clears throat> took a few months to drop a lot of weight and, uh, go, uh, go have, uh, one more tournament or so, but, um, unfortunately for jujitsu, I, I really fell back in love with wrestling again and, uh, started having a lot of fun with it again. So it's really hard to, uh, if you're going to compete, you know, you need to be in there at least three, but preferably five times a week. And, um, you know, right now I'm wrestling every Thursday through Saturday and a couple Sundays out of the month as well. So I still go. Um, just not like I should, though. 
has jujitsu helped you in professional wrestling? Has is just the discipline or, or anything like that? Have you been able to incorporate any of that into professional wrestling? I uh, I put a little bit of it in my matches sometimes, um, just a little bit, not um, uh, a little bit like with uh, rear naked chokes and triangles and arm bars, but um, I don't do any like the uh, the little things like the uh, hip escapes or half guard work or any of that stuff uh just because it's, it's rough on transitions but um it's it's definitely um because it's gave me a lot of confidence because you know in wrestling uh, especially when you're younger um you know when I, when I broke in when i was 15 you know a lot of guys are rough you up and i got roughed up um but um Ultimately, jiu-jitsu gave me a lot of confidence, though, to, you know, if somebody snug in the ring, it gave me the confidence to give it back and just not give a shit. Because a lot of these, you know, uh, when I started traveling a decent amount, my, uh, one of my trainers, Mike, uh, Mike Promo, sent me an email, and he told me, he said, always remember that if one of the veterans snug you give it back because most of the time they're only looking to see if you'll respond. Hmm. So I took that to heart and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of these guys, man, like, especially a while back, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, cases coming up where guys are getting roughed up, you know, uh, my buddy Jacob Ryan out in, uh, out in Carolina, he, he got messed up pretty good. Um, there was a thing with, uh, I don't know him well, but uh, I think his name's Caleb Miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, there was like three different uh, things uh, other than that, too, where uh, guys were uh, um, either getting snug really hard in the ring or uh, full-blown shoots. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm simply a man. I could have my ass whooped by anybody. But um, my time in jiu-jitsu has gave me the confidence and uh, the skill to protect myself. So it, it's a good feeling to know I, I can be booked against uh, some random dude that's got a reputation of being a, being a badass or whatever. And it honestly don't even cross my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if he hits me good, I'm going to hit him good. And we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's one thing uh, – I think a lot more guys need not necessarily jiu-jitsu, but these guys breaking in, you know, it was old school way. You, you learned how to shoot. Most of the times you learned how to shoot first and then you were allowed to work. And, uh, you know, they, they, they'd, uh, they'd blow you up and choke you and everything else, you know, try, trying to switch you out and get you out of the business. And then they would teach you how to, uh, they teach you how to shoot because, Back then, I mean, hell, it happened all the damn time. So, um, and I'm not saying it's right because it's not, but I'm saying um, it's, real, it's reality wrestling. Yeah, yeah. You work, you work with somebody on TV, man. That's it's got a good name, and you make them look bad, and and you keep making them look bad. You know, most of the time they're gonna rough you up. Yep. And I'm not saying you go into a full blown shoot with them, but I'm saying if you can't hold your own then you don't need to be in the ring because 
that to me is the biggest part that's missing in wrestling right now is the believability. Um, a lot of these guys, if if uh, if a fan was to uh, charge them or whatever, and they're a hill, a lot of those guys, man, they would turn the other way and go to the locker. Mm-hmm. You know, if you did that with Bruiser Brody or Hanson, oh. get your ass whooped. <laughs> they they go right into you. But, but you, you know, I mean, and that's what's missing wrestling is, is the believability. It's 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 a joke nowadays because we allow people to think it is. It's 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 somewhat come of you know to quote Brandon a ballet on some matches. You know, a handheld ballet at certain times. Now you, it is. And now you talk about you just talking about you know the heel turning around and walking away. You know, from a fan or whatnot. You know, back in Bill Watts's day, if you got your ass whooped by a fan. You were fired. You're fired. Yeah, yeah no, you were fired, true. man. Nowadays, you uh, you go online on uh, Facebook and you make a post about it, and uh, <laughs> you know uh, nothing nothing happens. You might get some money out of it. It's it's yeah. embarrassing, man. Like uh, everybody can have their ass whooped, but you know at least make an effort. You know, we were uh, I was doing a show a couple years ago for Bert and. Uh, I won't say it was Covington High School, and there was a ton of people there. Man, there's over a thousand people in this place, and you know they didn't really have security. They did, but they they didn't know. And um, it was one of those things where, like, it's one of those big high school shows. Man, where the when you're walking out, the kids are running up to you and they're following you to the ring. And it's, it's great, you know, until you get heat. And uh, Bert always books me as a hill, so. All these fans at the end of it, uh, I worked uh, Matt Boyce. At, at the end of this, I had a lot of heat, and all these kids are running up to me. There's some adults in there, too, but... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a lot of kids, though. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, and this is a big part of why I love Bert so much. He's so old school. I remember thinking to myself, what do I do here? Do I, do I walk to the back right now because there's literally 300 plus kids running at me do I, do I walk to the back and let it go or do I walk into them and run them back <laughs> and I kid you not because you know I didn't want to risk a lawsuit what it was and, and get heat for that but before I could actually answer it myself Bert is running at me with a microphone mad as hell because security ain't doing their job and he starts screaming at me, you walk them back. You walk them back. Mm. And I said, well, here we go. And I walked them all back. I, when I took off at them, they fleed. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I wanted to, but I didn't know, like, like yeah, what's what kind of lawsuit? Thing? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to get a lawsuit and yeah. probably get us kicked out of this, you know. Jerry Lawler's on the car tonight, you know, and I'm, I'm about to get us kicked out of the building. But uh, he told me, he said, you walk them back. And uh, that's why he likes me so much is... He knows that I've got a legitimate martial arts background, and I don't care to go fight with anybody. And he he told me, he said, you're not going to be some chicken shit hill. You're going to be my hill. You're going to be my top hill. 
where if the fans are trying to buck up, you're going to make them sit down. And I was like, well, you know, I don't particularly care to be a hill, but I can do that one. <laughs> so say that the first time I seen you, well, not the first time, the last time I seen you wrestle was for Revolt uh, down uh, Baldwin County around the Mobile area. Um, was it uh, Joey Osborne? Joey Osborne. That was the last match I seen you in, man, and that was a tremendous match. So every match I've always seen you in, you've been a face. But since I've been watching USA Wrestling, I gotta tell you, dude, I love you as a heel. I do too. <laughs> I, to I love it. you as a heel, man. You know, it, it's it's fun to work as a heel, man. But uh, I just enjoy the uh, I enjoy the art of being a babyface so much more, though. It's yeah. Um, you know, I never really got a chance to get over as a babyface down there at Revolt because. They brought me in as a heel originally, and then uh, Ron Fury started playing around with the idea. He's like, "Do you uh, do you work as a heel everywhere else?" Or I said, "No, man, I, I'm a baby everywhere else I go. Everywhere else, uh, I have a ridiculous amount of merchandise that I try to sell too. So I love being a baby face." And he oh, yeah. he said, "We're gonna start working into being a baby then," and it just never got to come to fruition. Um, but with, with USA though, you know, Bert's very specific about that. You know, that's, I'm a heel. I don't sell merchandise. I go out there and I get the heat and that's what I do. <laughs> I get sympathy for the baby and, you know, um, it's fun though. I mean, I, I enjoy it, but I do love being, I think I'm a lot better baby face, but you know, um, it seems like a lot of people like me being a heel though. Well, I've, I've, I've got to say this. Um, I think me and Bert would probably get along then because uh, one of the one of the companies around here that I go to all the time, and uh, I get along with Steve Starr very well. He runs SWA. He's very old school. He he separates everything. Like the heels come out of a separate locker room than the baby faces, and the baby faces are come out during intermission. The heels don't have merchandise. The only heel that has merchandise is Joe Kane, and he is nowhere to be found. He's got a minion sitting out there selling it and half the time you look at him and like oh, i'm scared to even go up to that guy and buy the shirt but <laughs> but steve runs everything so good and i love that old school aspect and i love how they do it and these fans at swa are just like the fans at usa i mean they buy into this product and that's what i love about old school promoters so i think i would probably get along with bert then Oh, he's he's fantastic, man, and he's a genius because he's he's had so much time in the business. Um, I mean, he, he would kill me if I got this wrong, but I want to say it was in the he's been in the business since the late seventies, maybe even the mid seventies, and you know he has so much knowledge and uh, he's been around everybody that's made money. Um, well, I mean, just for instance, you know, I when I came back. Um, Around uh, Thanksgiving last year, um, I was doing this look. It was kind of where I was wearing furs and stuff, you know, kind of like Bruiser Brody. And uh, I did it for, well, actually, I might have done that prior to that. Actually, I, I did. Um, a couple years ago when I, when I was working for Bert, I did that. And he let me do it for like a month, you know. And, and he told me, he said, why, why are you doing that? And I was trying to explain to him my concept behind it. And he said, stop that. Just go back, go back to your kick pads or boots. One, the furs are taking away from where you make your money at, which is your face. You're not getting heat 
because of your actions. As a heel, you're getting heat because of what you're wearing. And I was like, man, mm. you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> it, made, it made me feel so stupid. Yeah, it made me feel so stupid, you know? So uh, I stopped doing the first. And, uh, I mean, he was right, you know? Well, let, let's talk about USA because you are the USA heavyweight champion that you won from Draven Lee, and you and him have been tearing it up, and y'all got to continue tearing it up. Matter of fact, y'all got some dates coming up. Uh, is it next next weekend or next week? Um, don't quote me, but I think I am wrestling him. I believe Saturday. Um, I think I've got a uh, Matt Star Thursday. I've got. LT Falk on Friday, and then I believe Draven on Saturday. But yeah, we've been having some uh, having some bangers, man. You're talking about a fighting champion. I mean, that's three nights in a row, man. That is definitely yeah. putting that belt up, brother. Yeah, and then uh, then we got the uh, tapings on Sunday in Jackson, so that'll be you know I'll, I'll at least have two, but I may even have three matches that day. That brings me to my next question, man. We're here at King of Wrestling Podcast. We're big fans of the NWA and NWA Power. Have you had a chance to check out any of that? I have, yeah. I've, I've caught a couple episodes of it, man, and I love what they're doing. I love it. It's kind of, well, well I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Mike. I did want to ask this, though. It, does it not kind of got the USA feel with it? Like I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's 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 got that studio feel, man. I mean, like you know, when we do TV uh, TV tapes down in Jackson, we don't, we don't have music. We're just like them. Walk out, no music. Um, you know, you you get your heat if you're a hill. You get your heat on the walkout with no music. Um, you know, babies are either over or they're not without music. And um, I mean, it's it's wild, man. Like it'll be it'll be so solid that you can hear a pin drop. Uh, for a second, and then they'll just erupt and explode. And uh, I love it, though, man. I, you know, when I was younger, I, uh, I kept thinking like, we gotta change the business. We gotta change the business. You know, we gotta do all this crazy stuff. And you know, a few years went by or whatever. At some point, I realized I grew up in the wrong era that I should have been wrestling in the '80s <laughs> because they did it right. They made money, but the the fans were just, you know, that they they sold out the arenas five, six, seven times a week. And now, you know, people have a hard time selling out arenas once a week. Right. Um, once but a man, month. it's, yeah, or once a month, you know, and it's, uh, but it's so similar to what they do at NWA. And, uh, but I, I love what they're doing now. Yeah, it really is, man. And USA has got a, uh, they got a great product, man. And we've really enjoyed watching that. Uh, and, uh, they're also big on, uh, you know, they're, uh, Take a second to put these guys over, man. They uh, they're using a lot of guys out of the uh, JPWA out in Knoxville with Tom Pritchard. We'll see a ton of their guys come in. Um, uh, Sean Stevens, uh, Dylan McQueen, Jake Tucker. They got they got several of uh, of their students that uh, come out there and work for Bert and uh, are getting uh, TV time for him. And um, they're doing a phenomenal job out there at JPWA. So I just want to take a second to put them guys over, man, because Tom's, he's really training those guys right. But, uh, you know, they'll come in for the tapings and do two or three matches or whatever that day. And, uh, man, like, they got it. 
I, I mean, I, I, we watch it every week. As a matter of fact, we're reviewing it this month on our Friday show, Indie Table, and I mean, we can't get enough of it. I mean, I watched all the episodes, and I was like, I, I need some more, you know. Come on, is it Sunday yet? Are they going to upload them yet, you know? but Yeah, it goes by fast, man. It does, and I, I enjoy it. That's what makes me want it more is because it's, it's not overloaded. You know, you got just the right amount of time to get you in there, pull you in. I mean, you got so many revenues. You got it on TV, you got it on YouTube, you got it everywhere. I mean, it's just, it's a great product. And that would bring me to one of my questions because uh, I, I I cut off Mike. You know, I'm used to doing that, you know. And, uh, and I'm used to having it. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my questions is, uh, you've you've been in the ring with Alex Zane, hadn't you? Oh, yeah. I, well, I've had Alex, well, I got Alex coming on the show. I've talked to him for a while, and he's actually going to debut in NWA, uh, in New Japan Pro Wrestling in November the 11th, I believe it is. What was he like being in the ring with? Man, he's, uh, he's incredible. And, uh, you know, the the funny thing about Alex is that when, when, when I first met him, he was just doing shows here and there. I mean, it wasn't like a... You know, he, he was just every so often. He was basically wrestling for uh, for our buddy Caleb, because um, he, uh, he he's also a rapper, and that you know the he's music a industry. He's a rapper also. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what he was doing before, and uh, he's wrestled for a long time. But you know, he um, like a lot of people, man, the politics and the BS and all that. Um, I think uh, just kind of rubbed him the wrong way, and uh, he's been rapping for quite some time, but. He's a hell of a rapper, but uh, something just one day, man. I don't know if he just started having fun or or what, but something happened, and he just decided to start wrestling. And uh, I mean, he's always had a, a really big passion for it and loved it, but um, it was just like he got rejuvenated, though. And uh, I, I, the thing about him, though, man, is like he's so humble and modest that everybody knew how good he was except for him like he knew he was good but he didn't know how good he was um myself and uh and uh Caleb Courageous you know we were talking one day we're like dude if he stays with it like for a couple months just a couple months he'll be signed no ifs ands or buts he'll be signed because once a couple videos get out there with him you know he's gonna be gone and uh He's so creative, can do anything, any move in the world, but yet still has the presence to slow it down mm-hmm. and do the camera work, you know. Um, and such a nice guy, man. Like, the Alex that we knew before he started taking off and doing all these bookings with uh, with GCW and, and all of them is still the same Alex that will message me anytime I message him will still randomly shoot me a message to congratulate me on my wedding. Um, so the same Alex that, uh, always make time for everybody, man. He's just such a good guy. Um, he, he really is because I'm going to tell you something. I, he, he had followed me on Twitter and I didn't realize it. And then I looked and I said, Oh man, that's Alex. I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to shoot in the dark. And I'm just going to send him a message and see if he wants to do the podcast, you know. I sent him a message. It wasn't three minutes later. He sent back, sure, man. I was like, all right. So we set up a date to do it. 
And I was like, you know, he may back out, you know. He texted me the day of and was like, hey, we're still on for tonight, right? I said, yeah. And then <laughs> and then we sat there and talked forever, man. He was, like, just super friendly, super nice. We messed up one part about the Taco Bell deal. And I was like, man, I wish we could have got that in the podcast. He's like, oh, man, just hit the record button. We'll do it. You can fit it in somewhere. I said, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's, he's so humble, man. And, uh, I, I can't uh, – there's not enough words for me to say how happy I am that, uh, that he's catching all his breaks, man, because he, he deserves it, dude. And uh, another one's uh, Blake Christian. Oh, I, I can't say enough nice things about him either, man. He's incredible. He's next level, man. That guy's incredible. I mean, it, a lot of stuff in USA is just like if any. If I mean, I know you got eyes on it. That's not the problem. I'm not saying that. But if more people would look at that and check out that wrestling, you you would in NWA, you'll get a feel of what true pro wrestling is all about. And, Absolutely. And that's what I love about USA NWA. People want to go with the WWE and stuff. I'm telling you right now, if you want to see true pro wrestling, check out those products. You, you would not be disappointed because you get everything you need right in on USA 22 minutes, and you got. I mean, you feel like you got an hour's worth, even though it don't. I mean, it goes by quick. Me and Mike's like, gosh, how much can you pack into 22 minutes? Watch USA Championship Wrestling. Yeah. I'm just to say the amount of stories they get. Oh man, the whole kid wrestling thing I liked. You know, I love that. It's so many good little stories packed in 22 minutes. It's incredible, man. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, kid wrestling man. He's a uh, he's got a lot of talent, man. He's he's uh, he's only been in for I want to say about two or three years right now, but um, he's coming along super good. Um, has a has a good good head on his shoulders, and is very respectful. So. You'll definitely see uh, quite a bit more uh, from him, for sure. That's so true. I mean, I, I can't wait to see more. Mike, is there anything else you want to ask or you want to go ahead and start wrapping up, brother? Well, uh, I couldn't forgive myself if I didn't bring up the name Lucky P. Parson. Larson. <laughs> Larson. Larson. Uh, what is it like he's having see this you guy now. Your... Yeah, he's, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's the wrong guy to rub, rub the wrong way. Uh, what's it like having this gentleman as your manager? Because it seems like every time that he is your manager, you have goals, huh? Yeah, he, uh, he definitely finds a way to win, that's for sure. Uh, he's, uh, he's always in the right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, and we're speaking of that now that you bring up Lucky P, let me ask you somebody else's name that I forgot to mention and I've been wanting to ask about. Kevin Zion. What about him, man? TV, I hate him. <laughs> um, in uh, in person, love him. He's uh, so respectful, man. He's such a good human being, um, and very talented. Uh, yeah, I try to watch uh, as many of the matches as I can. Uh, sometimes that can be hard. With uh, I, I try, I really try to watch as many matches as possible, man. I think more guys should do that, but. Uh, you know, if you if you got five matches or you know six on a show, and then um, you know getting dressed, stretching, uh, calling this or that, you know, what um, whatever, all the other little little things. Um, sometimes it's uh, if you're not careful, it's easy to get lost in the time. But um, any time Kevin's working, though, man, I always make it a point to uh, 
always try to catch his matches. Yeah, he is very talented. He's one of my favorites to watch, you know. Uh, Mike, is uh, you ready to wrap it up or anything else? Uh, the, the only one thing I, I, I got to say, man, is, is the Southern Heavyweight Championship that's been brought back, man. The lineage, and I was so glad to see that. All the past champions that have held that belt here, Lawler, Bill Dundee, I believe, Bullet Bob Armstrong. Uh, what's your thoughts on them bringing that belt back, Toby? You know, they uh... – Bert told me, uh, I'd seen a post about it, about they were bringing it back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just knowing what that belt, um, the history and tradition behind all that, what was huge, uh, knowing that it's going to be utilized at uh, USA. And, uh, you know, I was able to sit down with Bert at the uh, Jackson tapings a while back when we were bringing the, uh, uh, bringing the belt back. And he just was just giving me, you know, um, I talk about like what that belt really meant and, uh, which, you know, growing up, man, uh, you know, that's a belt that you always heard about and it's just, it's loaded with tradition, man. That, that belt has been held by the best of the best. And, uh, I, I could not be happier that, uh, we have that belt, uh, with that kind of lineage and history on, our shows on a regular basis. Absolutely. That's huge. And then, you know, then we see, uh, speaking of former champions, we see, uh, Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee and all those guys all the time, man, all the time. Uh, I mean, we got wildfire coming in this week. Uh, yeah, I was just to say Tommy wildfire, you know, uh, we got to talk with Bill Dundee a, a little while back, man. And then Bill was saying that, that people don't realize how big wrestling was in Tennessee at one time, that actually a lot of angles that were played out on Tennessee TV and Memphis TV was actually used later on in the 80s by bigger promotions, that they were doing things that was groundbreaking before anybody was doing it. You know, lose or leave town, haircut match, you know, lose your car. I mean, just all these gimmicks. And uh, wrestling was huge, man, just really huge. It still is in Tennessee. I mean, it's just uh, so much respect for Tennessee wrestling. You know, that's, uh, that, that goes back to a quote I always still from, uh, from Dusty Rhodes. He said, uh, what was once old will become new again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you take, you, you can look back into uh, the Memphis days and all that and, and pull so many of their storylines and turn around, use their finishes. And, and it always gets over. It always gets over. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if I could have... Uh, if I could have wrestled in a certain period of time, man, it would have been Memphis because I, I try to tell all these young guys, man, they're like talking about how great, the, I'm not saying the business isn't great these days because it's good, but it ain't what it was back then because back then they made true money. You know, you, you hear these guys now, um, you know, trying to bicker and fight for a $20 payoff. Man, back then, jobbers were making thousands. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, Jim Cornette's got a, um, He's got a shoot interview online somewhere um, where he is talking about the money that they made back then, you know, and, you know, it, it was it was easy for somebody like Dutch Mantel to make almost $15,000 a month, you know, like easy. Like that was like low scale money or whatever. Um, it's unreal the kind of money they made, you know. Um, yeah, they worked hard for it, but I mean, hell, we could work hard for it now, you know, but you can't make that kind of money now. Well, um, they they sold out 
the New Orleans Arena every Monday night. I mean, you couldn't sell out an arena that big every night. I mean, every month, let alone every week. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, it's it's now you know everybody raised over three or four hundred people in the crowd. You know, or or, or if, if they get you know they sell at a high school and get a thousand people or that, and that's great. But you know, it's how long did it take you to get that house? Because back then they were doing that five, six, and seven times a week, and sometimes twice on Sundays. Right. I mean, so it, it was unreal. And not just Memphis, but Carolina. They were doing it here in Alabama and Florida, Continental Championship oh, yeah. Wrestling. I mean, three or four times a week. And like you said, sometimes twice on Sundays and selling it out. And this is every week. You know, it's just amazing, you know, how, how wrestling used to be back in those days. And then Vincent Man came along. Well, I, oh, I'm not really <laughs> trying to go there, actually. So uh, that, I can kind of somewhat speak on that. I heard say that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll always try to watch my – P's and Q's whenever uh, we're going to do something like this. Or, but uh, truth of the matter is I, I would never want to be glued down to that kind of schedule that they have anyway. So uh, I'm uh, really kind of setting my sights on uh, AEW or NWA or something like that anyway. Or well, you know, where I could see, you know where I could see you at? Uh, where's that? New Japan Pro Wrestling. You could be the yeah, Stan Hansen of the modern era. It's such a, uh, you know, the big thing about over there, man, is it's such a, uh, it's such a hard door to knock down and get in there. But once you're in there, you're in there. Yep. Uh, that's a, that's the thing. Uh, they don't, uh, they don't really negotiate to, uh, cause I got, I got, I got a few friends that's over there and they, they don't, uh, it can be terrible trying to get there. But once you're with them though, you're just automatically there from then on out. You know, they, they just take care of you after that. They don't try to. Um, negotiate or anything like that. They just you're there, your family then, and you're on all the shows. And uh, yeah, I, I would I'd love to do something like that. At least uh, just mostly because the Japanese wrestling was my main influence growing up. But um, I, I feel like that's my the uh, hard hitting strikes and the realistic side of wrestling. That's where my uh, strong points are at. So. Well, Toby, where, where would you like to see yourself in three to five years? Uh, three to five years, uh, maybe, hopefully, uh, finally signing a somewhat of a contract that uh, doesn't glue me down to five days a week of traveling where I got to be gone from everybody. That's that's the hardest thing. Uh, you know, I've got a uh, got a 10 year old daughter i got a wife now i have a lot going on at the house and i love wrestling um but to do if you, if you do WWE, you know when they go to saudi arabia or they do the uh christmas tours for like afghanistan and all that you know you are oh yeah i mean you're, you're out there for two weeks and and you know it's no if sands or buts you know they might tell you oh you it's not mandatory. You don't have to go, but you know good and well that you have to go because yep. if you don't, you your know, yeah. yeah, your spot's gone. They'll they'll put it put you in a different storyline and then just get you out of there. So it's it's nothing against WWE. Um, I like what they're doing product wise and everything. I just I would never want to be glued down to 
that kind of schedule with the life I have these days. Um, I love what AEW is doing though, because the good thing about Cody is coming from his lineage is he understands about healthcare and all that stuff. And from my understanding, they wanted to make the schedule a lot easier on the boys so that they can one, not be hurt as much, but still make a living and make a good living at that and have all the healthcare benefits. And from my understanding, they're doing that, you know, the, the guys are wrestling once or twice a week or whatever and making a killing of money. And they're also allowing the undercard guys, the smaller guys to fill in on somebody's house shows, you know, and, and take a lot of the, uh, um, take a lot of the pressure and, uh, all that, the schedule and the bumps off the veterans that's carrying TV. So, you know, they're doing a great job with that, I think, because, you know, someone like Cody or whoever is on there 24-7, you know, their body's going to break down eventually, man. And that's where you need to be able to rely on the younger guys that's trying to make a name for yourself to go carry uh, some of these house shows. And it also gives them a lot more opportunity. Exactly. Right. Well, look, we've been to wind down. We know you're a busy man. You're the champion. Uh, but we're going to wind it down a little bit. But I'm going to give you the chance here. Uh, you can plug whatever you want. Care if you're selling cookies or whatnot. The floor is yours, my friend. I appreciate it. Um, uh, Facebook, just Toby Farley. Um, Twitter, at Real Toby Farley. Uh, you can follow me on there. Um, got a YouTube channel. Um don't quote me on the channel because I can't remember the exact name of it, but uh be pretty easy to find, though. Go on there and subscribe to it. Uh, constantly got videos going on there. Um, and uh, follow me at USA Wrestling and Innovate Wrestling out of Kingsport, Tennessee. That's really the two main companies that I am devoting my time to at the moment. So, And uh, thank you for having me on here. Oh, we appreciate you, and we, I mean, it was an honor. I mean, we enjoyed having you, Mike. Yeah, we appreciate it, champ. Appreciate you coming on here, man. It was a great talk, and we probably could go all night talking wrestling with you, brother. We really enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. Uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. You are listening to Turner Podcast Network. <laughs>